Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, and today we're going to open up the phone lines and let you set the agenda. With me in the studio is co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael, and we hope that uh, you'll be joining us very shortly. Uh, our phone number is 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. Mary Catherine, have you been listening to the promos for the show? They've been no, really I haven't. Saying, oh, yeah. Will's been saying, we only do this once or twice a year. Like, <laughs> because it really it, scares our hosts that no one will call in. That's right. It should scare <laughs> our listeners if they don't. But, uh, but, yeah, we do this once or twice a year when we just sort of open up the phone lines. It seems like we've done it on graduation day before. I, I don't know. I may be wrong. Graduation yeah. weekend before. Yeah. It's nutty out there. It is nutty out there. It's beautiful weather. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful time of year here in, in Bloomington. The, the election's over for another few months. Yep. So, I, you know, I have a, a list of possible topics for people to phone in about, but we don't want to, we don't want to set the agenda. But here are some of the things that we'll be talking about if you don't uh, want to call and change our minds. The, the election that just ended and the election that will be coming up in the fall. Um, uh, and with that, the defeat of uh, Bob Garten, mm-hmm. the S- Senate president pro tem. That was a, a big story. Um, you know, we might want to talk a little bit about last week's show with Rob Stone because I think that uh, there were a mm-hmm. lot of callers and that whole health care issue. If you have any residual ideas about that, uh, IU graduation, any words of wisdom for the graduates and the, their families that are in town? Um, we could talk about guns. We've had plenty of gunplay in Bloomington lately. Sadly. Yeah. Uh, Clover the goat. I don't know. We can talk about (laughs) any number of issues. Clover. I know. There are a lot of issues. So if you want to join us, please phone us 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or the email address. As always... Noon at indiana.edu. What do here's you want to talk about? Here's something completely off topic. Sure. We adopted a new cat. You did? Yeah. And I just <laughs> wanted to say it was really easy. We went to the Humane Association. We, and advertising pays. We, uh, My son and I saw that one of the posters when he was getting a haircut and um, saw this cat. Said, we've, it, this, we've been here a long time. Please, please help. So, I don't know. We fell in love with a picture of this cat. And we're so we're... A bigger family by one. That's pretty exciting. And I just want to remind people about that, though, because, you know, it's spring and sadly the puppy and kitten season is here. So if you think you have one more room for just one more in your house, this is a good time of year to do that. Yeah. Two points about that. One is if you know anything about Mary Catherine and I, we'll talk about animals anytime. (laughs) And two, um, Mary Catherine and I are are related by cat. That's right. She adopted uh, my father-in-law and mother-in-law's kitten. So Yeah. A boy named Sweetie. Related by by, uh, Sweetie. But that's another. You know what? We have we have a phone call. <laughs> Thank goodness. We're going to the phones. <laughs> Sue, go ahead. Hi. Um, I'm in the Bryant Park neighborhood, and we all, I think, know the incident that happened in Bryant Park a few weeks ago. And I attended the meeting with the mayor and the police officers at Templeton School, which was, was very good to have that. Um, the mayor um, and the officers uh, told everyone it had nothing to do with the basketball courts. It was took place, uh, you know, up in the parking lot, and they these people. I asked them if they'd been playing ball, and they didn't answer me. But they tried to assure us it had nothing to do with the basketball courts. The next day, the HT reporter reporting on the meeting uh, mentioned that shots rang out on the basketball court. So, which is it? And does the HT have a responsibility not to say something that might lead people to believe? 
uh, something that's not true. Well, I, I, I'd have to see that story because I don't think we've said that shots rang out on the basketball court. I think we said near the basketball court. Yeah. But, but um, why bring that into it if that's not the situation? Well, I, I think that, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know that it was a situation. I will tell you that uh, we, we've written a lot about this and, and what we've written about in the last, the last story, I think chronicled exactly what happened according to the authorities, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't involved in the basketball court uh, with the basketball court. Right. Um, but why? Why would your reporters say that and then make everybody think? Well, maybe it did have. I mean, you know, that's unfair to those basketball players. Yeah, but you know what? Some of those, some of those uh, people that we photographed and had in the newspaper are regular players in basketball games at Bryant Park, and I, I know that from talking to other people who who do play there, and we probably made a leap. No, we didn't probably. We made a leap that we shouldn't have made. Yeah, okay. But, so it's not quite as unrelated as uh, you're saying, but it's certainly not as connected as our stories uh, imply. Well, we just felt like we couldn't get a straight answer at the meeting, and then the next day that was in the paper, and we just thought kind of like they were kind of glossing over that. Yeah, I, well, I, I think that they I think they were giving you the, the true story. I think that we, we, we took a leap uh, of faith that proved to be incorrect and that's that's our fault but uh did you put then a, a, a statement in saying that you were you no had... uh, because we didn't it really wasn't i mean what we continued to say was it was near the basketball court which i believe it was but it was also near the swing set well that's it was true also near henderson i just think that's unfair to those ball players if it really is not connected with that scene over there so what was it specifically that you were trying to get a straight answer about that you felt that you that didn't we come thought, away with? i think a lot of our neighborhoods felt like this shooting was an extension of something that had happened on the courts. Oh, I see. Tempers uh-huh. flared because I've been over there several times, and it's it's pretty nasty. The right. games and the and the language, and I think a lot of people in the neighborhood are upset about that. And then the shooting happened, and then the HT kind of verified our thoughts of well, maybe it did start on the basketball court, which it was just confusing. And I'm glad to hear you say that that you did take a leap, and it wasn't quite right. fair. Right. So okay. Well, appreciate your call. Okay. Thanks mm-hmm. a lot, Sue. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right, 855-0811-877-285-9348 at noon at indiana.edu. You went to that meeting. I did go to that meeting, and I should also probably say that um, I'm on the parks board, so this is a a big concern and and certainly a a topic that we've been discussing. And I guess, um, and I said this at our uh, April meeting, but I would like to remind people that um, even if you have a gun permit, Guns are not allowed on any park's property at all. So you have to lock it in your trunk um, or in your glove box, but you are not allowed to have a gun on your person, even if it's a permitted weapon um, of any kind on on park's property, and you can be arrested for that. So Okay. Thank you. We have another phone call. Okay. All right, Roger, go ahead. Yes, um, I was at that meeting, and uh, strangely, my my name was the— first and one of the few names quoted regarding the meeting, and it was as though I was there to represent community panic. Actually, I was there with a positive suggestion, but it was one that was, uh, I think, impossible for the reporter to uh, deal with, and that was this. Uh, In Indianapolis, the newspaper has um, stopped handling any classifieds to advertise guns. Uh, right after the gun violence in Bloomington, I looked in the paper, and there were three separate classifications uh, in which guns were offered for sale. Now, when that happens, there can't be a check, as there is at a gun store. Um, is there any possibility that the Herald Times will begin um, 
a policy that will reduce the uh, hands that get the guns that get into the hands of the mentally ill and the uh, those who have criminal records. Um, I would say I would only answer you this way. Um, I've not been involved in any conversations about this uh, with anybody at the newspaper, our publisher, Mayor Maloney, the advertising director, Corey Bollinger, or anybody um, like that. So I I can't answer the question. I I don't think that – I I can't remember exactly what your last sentence was, but I don't think it's the newspaper's fault when people get into the hands of of, uh, people who shouldn't have guns. Well, they – I just disagree with that. There's no possibility of them doing the kind of check that is done at at retail stores. And in other places it has been – um, it has been assumed that this would slow down the process of stolen guns and other ga- guns getting into wrong hands. Now, police can't go out and check every one of those classified ads. They can't even cover Bryant Park. Uh, so, uh, you know, the plea is, could, would you run an ad for an AK-47 for an assault rifle, or do you have any policy at all? You know, I'm the editor of the newspaper, and I should probably know every policy that we have, but our our publisher and our advertising director are the people that set advertising policy. That really isn't what I do. So, so, I, so I don't know the answer to your question. So the, this, this, this is a, an appeal to the publisher rather than um, a letter to the editor? Uh, yes. And how do you reach him? You can uh, call the switchboard at the newspaper, 332-4401. Okay. Ask for the publisher's office. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right, 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. As always, I'm happy to answer questions at any time about the newspaper, but I would like to think that this show isn't going to turn into that. Yeah. That was an interesting meeting. Uh, there were a lot of different points of view expressed uh, during that, and I, I thought it was a, a nicely run meeting. Uh, there were some um, complaints, I guess, although I, I don't think they were well-founded, that the speech at the beginning um, went on a little long. But I think that was important that they laid the groundwork. Um, there were two police officers, um, let's see, Qualters and another man that I, I'm afraid I don't remember his name, uh, Mick Renison, the um, head of the Parks Department. The mayor spoke, um, and there, there was a brief uh, there was a brief discussion um, from one of, a, of the staff members at hand about neighborhood associations and and forming those and how those can help in situations like this. Mm-hmm. But I thought I thought the, it was well organized. They did a nice job of, as I said, laying the groundwork and then opening it up for questions. Mm-hmm. And really, I didn't sense. Um, uh, you know, panic, particularly just genuine concern, and I think justifiably so. Yeah, well, I think that four incidents in the in the span of about uh, a week's time or two weeks' time mm-hmm. in Bloomington—it's just we you know, we don't think in Bloomington that there are going to be people out there with guns that are are shooting at each other. And yet, yeah. we've you know, if you've lived here very long, you've been through this before. Sure, uh, in a different, uh, you know packaged differently, um, but still we're not immune and we should know that by now. No. I mean, I think that that particular uh, incident, if you if you read the story in our, our paper last Sunday, um, it did involve some sort of bad blood beforehand, according to the mm-hmm. police reports and the probable cause hearing. Um, but there were, you know, two people who had guns and they weren't they weren't uh, afraid to just start firing at each other. That was kind of a strange thing. And then we had another incident in which uh, two people riding down one of our main thoroughfares in cars were firing at each other too. And that was at 3 o'clock in the morning. So that was um, probably at a time when there wasn't a lot of traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But you know, those kind of things are frightening, and they're they're. I, but I do think they're random. I don't think that people in Bloomington have to be you know that fearful. But uh, you know, they're, it's just that we're not used to these kind of things going on. Yeah. We've got a couple emails. Shall okay. we go to those? Sure. Okay. Here's the first one. It says, uh, what do each of you view as the three most important, critical, and significant issues that face Bloomington in the next 12 months? Uh, another way of asking the same question, what would you like Bloomington and Monroe County to accomplish in the next year? Wow. That's a that's an interesting interesting question. We're going to have to think about that. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll start with one thing sure. that came to mind um, immediately for me is the development of the uh, trail system through downtown. I think that um, that's going to, to change a lot of things for the better and uh, it's going to be a fantastic addition to the community. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, we talked about parking and traffic issues um, a week or two ago. And I think that um, this really has a potential to impact that problem as much as anything, um, having a really viable downtown pedestrian uh, thoroughfare is uh, going to be a nice addition to the community. And I think, um, you know, we're really lining things up to do it right. I think, yeah, I, I think that uh, trail system could be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, when that when that's completed, um, it's going to change the face of, of downtown Bloomington mm-hmm. in, a, in a very positive sense, I believe. And so I'm glad you, you brought that up. I think it, that's part of a, a bigger issue that's been an issue. It's not it's not just for the next 12 months. It's been for the last 12 years and beyond. It's just this, the uh, sort of wrestling match for the soul of of Bloomington, you know, and and how much development is mm-hmm. proper, and who you know who decides, and not who decides, but how many, you know, what kind of jobs are we going to get, and how where are people going to work, and how are we going to provide um, enough good paying jobs so that all who live here can participate in our community and can have the kinds of things that that uh, we all want. Um, I think you know Bloomington is an interesting. An interesting city. It's, you know, I, I love living here. The debates are raucous <laughs> about about what uh, you know what Bloomington should be. I think everybody mm-hmm. loves Bloomington the way it is. I think ten years ago everybody loved Bloomington the way it was. Right. You know, and twenty years ago people loved Bloomington the way it was then. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I think that there there is good reason for caution among some of our public officials, uh, but I do think that that. We always have to balance, you know, um, slowing development or slow or, or really paying very close attention. We, we have to pay close attention, but slowing development um, with the creation of new good-paying jobs that have benefits like health insurance, which mm-hmm. we mentioned in last week's show. Um, and, you know, city, the city council, the mayor, the county government, the, that's an issue that they're all very in tune with and they all work on, although we aren't always in agreement about how to get there. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> the truth. I th- so I think that, that there are two, and we're going to have to get so back to the third one because we have two phone calls. Okay. So Bill from Brown County is next. Bill? Hi. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I feel a need to uh, take this opportunity to explain why I filed suit against the Major Moves legislation, uh, which was passed under a cover of darkness the other day by the uh, state legislature. Um Basically, uh, I've been accused, and the people who filed the suit up in St. Joe County have also been accused by the governor of having no motivation other than to try to take away good jobs from Hoosiers and to prevent uh, and to maintain unemployment in the state. 
and uh, you know nobody in their right mind wants to maintain unemployment for Hoosiers, and so I felt like I needed a chance to respond, and it's kind of hard to get that into the papers. The floor is yours. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I have five basic reasons, and I'll okay. be quick about this. Thank you. First of all, uh, we should expect our government to respect the Constitution. And Article 2 of Section 10 says that all revenues derived from public works, like the toll road in northern Indiana, uh, should be first applied to paying down the, the state's public debt. And whether the revenue is derived from a sale, a lease, or the simple operation of the public works is beside the point. If the government doesn't respect the Constitution, then it has no claim against those others who also don't respect the Constitution. My second reason is that they're going to use some of the 3.8 billion proceeds from the lease to start uh, building the new terrain I-69 in uh, through southwestern Indiana. Now, in all of the public hearings that they had for that project, the overwhelming majority opposed the new terrain highway. But since both parties, both major parties, have committed publicly to building the new terrain version of the highway, uh, we're left with no legal recourse other than to sue. And in fact, there's a strong body of case law in Indiana courts. Uh, that gives every taxpaying citizen of this state the right to file suit, and I hope others will follow my example. Mm -hmm. uh, the third reason is support for good, long-lasting jobs for Hoosiers. Building more roads in a state which is already the fourth most dense road with highways, or dense state with highways per square mile, and that has more urban interstate exchanges than any other state in the country, uh, is just business as usual. Um, basically, they're talking about creating the kind of jobs that will replace good-paying uh, jobs with living wages and benefits with low-wage, dead-end, pollution-based jobs with little or no benefits, and that's economic development, really, for the wealthy only. Uh, we need policies that will promote alternative energy, public transportation, rail-based commercial transportation, and passenger transportation, and these are going to create many more long-lasting jobs than business as usual. Just two more reasons that... Uh, I want to get across. I think it's just poor stewardship and poor leadership. Major Moves is based on continued increasing long-term dependence on imported oil and other fossil fuels. And this is just going to deliver to our kids and our grandkids ticking ecological and economic time bombs. The dependence on fossil fuel leads us into unjust wars, and it fails the test of leadership because it fails to call upon citizens to recognize and act on the need for new ways to live, new ways to travel, sustainable ways for organizing the economy. Finally, privatization, I believe, is an attack on our shared citizenship. We've worked hard to build public infrastructure like the toll road. It's a profitable asset. Leasing it uh, to, the, uh, to a private uh, interest and handing over to that interest, you know, 95 to $100 million in revenues every year, in, in return for a short-term influx of cash to solve a fiscal crisis that our own government made anyway on its own, it's just chickens come home to roost. And it really uh, begs the question of whose interests are being served. Mm -hmm. So those are my five basic reasons for filing suit, and I really appreciate your giving me the time to, to get that out there. All right, Bill. Let me respond in this way. I would say, uh, obviously, Bill is very thoughtful about uh, why he did what he did, and, and uh, I would say that you know our system allows for people to go to court when mm -hmm. they don't agree with, with something. And I think it's always def, um, sort of easy just to, to blanketly ascribe some sort of uh, motivation for someone's actions. And Bill clearly has some thought behind what he did. So 
All right. All right. We have another caller. Uh, yeah, we have another caller, and I know you've got more email. I do. I think. So let's go to Greg. Greg on the phone. Greg. Hi there, uh, Bob and Mary. I kind of hate to follow a call like that. It was an uh, <laughs> awful lot of substance in the uh, uh, presentation there. Uh, but, uh, Bob, I just feel like you're deserving uh, orchids this week for your uh, couple of your articles in the paper. Oh. Uh, the one in today's paper, the graduating students take a vow of ethics. And I'm, I'm glad you printed that article. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the uh, reason I'm glad is, you know, you're shedding some, you know, you're putting the spotlight on these guys. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, we've got to flush these guys out. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, you know, they're just a little bit of a seed now. But can you imagine if that uh, seed grows and it gets, uh, you know, grows into a rampant plant? Oh, yeah. I absolutely. mean, that could really uh, kind of threaten and rock the boat a bit here. Mm-hmm. But we don't yeah. want that to happen. And uh, hopefully the uh, the young Republicans and the, and the campus there and maybe even the, the young Democrats will get together and, uh, oh, you know, kind of 